0: Boom! Mm-hmm. For listening to the Roundtable Consult, where we discuss political and social issues that matter to you from a spiritual, medical, and legal perspective. Join the conversation with your host, Attorney Sonya Madison and Dr. Mark Williams. Welcome to the Roundtable Consult. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Williams, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Attorney Sonya Madison. How you doing, Sonya?
1: I'm doing well. We shall see how we're both doing before the end of this <laughs> podcast. <huh>? Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, how was your week? Anything exciting? You,
1: um, of course, it's always sad when I see that Herschel Walker is leading in the polls. So um, <laughs> my... my Heart between that, and of course, Brian Kip. My, my heart is like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> 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 the midterms are coming up. Um, and, is and he I know say- I've
0: I, I, I got a notification, I got a, a solicitation for donations from, um, oh gosh, what's her name? Abrams, Stacey Abrams, Stacey. Saying yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. hey, we're one percent above according to the recent polls. Help us, your three dollar <laughs> contribution can really make a difference.
1: I'm sure it depends on what poll you're looking at, because some of the polls that I've seen have had Kemp up, um, which, I mean, it's going to be a tight race. And so it really is going to take every single person coming out and voting. Then if the majority of people are voting for these extreme MAGA candidates, then I can't decry that as not democracy because that is what the majority of people's interests are. My concern is that the majority of people are not voting or that the majority of people's votes are not actually what's being um, perceived or, or relayed when it comes to the actual results. But yeah, we shall see how it plays out. But what's interesting is you've got now Lindsey Graham and I know we're talking about love here, but that I think that's kind of where we start here. I don't know what you define people's infatuation with Donald Trump. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know if I would call it love and and I would not call it that. And again, I know we'll get into that definition, but every time Lindsey Graham is talking, I'm like, what does he have on you? Why is this strong energy that you have to promote everything Donald Trump? And most recently, he has said that oh, Donald Trump could kill 50 people and it's not going to change the fact that you guys are still going to vote for him or that he still has a significant amount of influence. We've already got Lindsey Graham saying he's introducing a federal ban on abortion, even though he's got his own party constituent saying, hey, let's back off abortion as we get into this midterm election. Uh, I, I just, I don't, like I said, I don't understand the MAGA universe there. <laughs> Deep love, if she if we could recall it to transition to our topic towards Donald Trump. but again, to me, that is the threat to democracy is there that infatuation with him well,
0: that that's a love. I mean, I think the same thing inspires their love for him as that which inspires our love for reality television. The drama, the skank. But the difference is, one has
1: influence over policy (laughs) and how we live. The other is our own volition. But (laughs) I I think
0: you give too much credit to a lot of people in America to say that they actually um, study what the impact of policy is going to be. I think we are much more of a visceral nation and that we're, we're ruled by, we're moved by our emotions. And, and sometimes when you ask someone to articulate why they do something that they do and give a logical, intelligent reason for it, they're incapable of doing that, you know, but what happens is that they're moved by much more moved by emotions and they're much more captivated by, and their attention is always drawn in by um, the sensational, and not necessarily the logical. The logical always gets pushed to the back burner, which you're, you're right. I think it uh, does provide a good transition to our topic today. We're talking about love and marriage yesterday and today. Is it the same as it was back in the days when I was coming, me, me and Sonia were growing up? <laughs> 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 or is it is it different today amongst today's generation? I'm excited to have join us today. Uh, my own little relationship expert, young on the young person side. <laughs> this is my son, Demarcus Williams. He is a 28 year old male who has now been married for two years, which I think, frankly, I don't see that happening much in today's society. You don't getting, see
1: people getting past two years. Mark. No, 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 we, no. You getting that married. Is cynicism. <laughs> you know,
0: getting married at 28. You know, in my generation, when I came through, you know, you went to college, you got. After you graduated college, the next logical step was you were going to get married. And so people were getting married at age 23, 20, uh, 24, 25, somewhere around there. And now it's like they're in their 30s and late 30s and 40s before they even start getting married. So, so me like, and Mark
1: are not of the same generation. Just right
0: there. <laughs> well, you and Demarcus are not of the same generation. Either, so, let's see it that way.
2: <laughs> so we well, had to have Thanks for
1: joining us, DeMarcus.
2: Yeah, of course. It's good to see
0: you, Sonia.
1: <laughs> you too, as you well.
0: T- you too, Dad. <laughs> ah, nice hair. Thanks for I, me. Like that. I like that. Nice haircut. Thanks. Um, so I was. What prompted this is I had a conversation earlier this week in the operating room. One of the uh, one of the personnel in the operating room was. We're gonna I- skip
1: over the fact that you're not focused on the operation, but you're conversing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Have <laughs> ca- life issues. you know patients waking up going to sleep whatever you have yeah, to do something yeah. to pass the time but i asked you know you have big plans this weekend i guess she must have had plans to go visit a friend who was getting married i'm like wow they still do that these days <laughs> and they still get married wow go figure that and um and so she made mention i don't know how she's probably probably around your age and she was saying that a lot of people are getting married around her age, but I was shocked to find out that she had already been married and divorced, and in, one of the reasons was was because her husband was unfaithful. She forgiven and you know came back, and so
1: we know it's the man's fault. Continue it's usually
0: it. that was yesterday, <laughs> but today just as many women are tipping out as men are tipping out, and so um, so the question is is you know two questions I guess that I would start from right now is 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 love a prerequisite still for marriage and 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 is it still a prerequisite or is it marriage a thing of convenience you've heard first of all
1: when was love ever a prerequisite because there used to be arranged marriages there you look in the bible love had nothing to do with a lot of the marriages that are uh, mentioned in the bible so i mean i know we usually refer to you as someone of ancient times but how far back
2: (laughs) do we (laughs)
1: But I I do want to make sure we're also having a realistic conversation about love, because perhaps there's been an ideology of what love is without actually talking about what love actually is in real life.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a really good point. I think that, um, you know, I, I don't know about historical context, but, you know, I think for, you know, in today's terms of like 2022, I feel like love is even more of a prerequisite than it was back then. And that's why you're seeing people getting married later and later in life and not necessarily, you know, staying with their high school sweethearts for uh, for years and years. Um, and uh, realizing, you know, that I think the, the generation of, you know, swipe culture, there's so many options, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, you um, for for people to really settle down and and, and make a decision with with one soulmate, you can say. And so I think that um, love is even more of a prerequisite, especially with all the different ways uh, that you can make a career uh, today and uh, that that weren't available back then. Um, And so I feel like it's even harder to to find uh, someone that you might be compatible with these days.
0: That's interesting perspective because um i'm reminded i had an aunt who told me once she said you know we probably she and her husband may not have stayed married if they hadn't moved away from their hometown because you know and and i think just i think it was a piece of wise advice because she realized that and like so many of us do that sometimes love isn't enough to keep you in the marriage Sometimes it's it's a thing like I don't have any options, you know, because if I had options, I might have left sooner than I than I did and may have even missed out because of a circumstance, because, as I mentioned earlier, we're so moved by our emotions and and so driven by those that we sometimes make rash decisions. And those rash decisions are based solely on that moment and they're not necessarily given the amount of contemplation and thought that it's required to make lifelong decisions. And so um, <clears throat> I think behind the, the message of it was that she was glad that she had moved away from her family because and that she's in a place where only uh, she and her husband were there. So they had to learn to depend on each other and not necessarily fall back on family members. Um, so I. I is convenience one of the issues? I mean, so and you brought up a good point was that in the past, you know, where there were arranged marriages, maybe we should start looking at arranged marriages again. Maybe we should start having our parents. Which, pick you know,
1: Honestly, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it, but what I think also that Demarcus is bringing up, and I want to kind of explore a bit more too as well, is how are we defining this love thing? Because, you know, to me, if we're saying, oh, love is important, Are we defining it as this selfish, hey, this person has to give me a spark or this person has to do something to me that makes me feel a certain way that I didn't describe as love? Are we talking about love in the context of what are you choosing to do for that person? And if that is a commitment that you're making or if that's a choice you're making based on, again, what they're giving you or based on your current situation, as Mark was alluding to, the choice of, Hey, I don't have the money to go elsewhere. So yes, I'm going to choose to love you (laughs) Um, because that's where my limited options are. So, you know, with that, since you're saying love is required, what is this love that you're describing?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Sonia. You know, one of the things that I, I I noticed that you used use, there was a lot of personal pronouns. Um, And for me, uh, you know, it's a point where uh, it became we before me, and so, um, you know, for, for a long time, you know, I didn't want to be responsible for someone else's feelings, for um, uh, someone else's tenor, attitude, um, and, and, and really building a life together. Um, and uh, once I was able to, to find someone who uh, I wanted to build a life with, it became we instead of just me, um, you know, with shared values uh, with, with shared goals, um, you know, and, uh, and, and deep and rooted, rooted in faith, uh, initially. And so I think, you know, for me, I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like love, love means a lot for a lot of different people. I don't necessarily want to speak, speak for the masses, but in my experience, it was, it was when it, um, I was able to, to put away those pro- personal pronouns, um, and started to think about, a joint team effort, as opposed to you know what I can accomplish singularly.
0: That's interesting. I want to I want to uh, read a scripture, actually a verse. How the Bible describes it. it says, "Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking." Which I agree with you saying that, Did Marcus? It is not easily angered. Now that's a hard one. Now, <laughs> it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That's a tall order to measure up to for love. I mean, you can, first of all, first of all, when you say love is patient, that, that, that in and of itself becomes uh, <laughs> becomes a challenge for many of us, because most of us, and particularly in today's society, as you mentioned, that one personal pronoun that we always, uh, the ones that we like is I, me, and mine, and um, those are uh, seem to predominate our thought today. Everything, and I always made a comment before saying that selfies are killing America, and that is that uh, our self-centeredness is 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 causing um a destruction not just of romantic relationships but even in ge- relationships in general whether they're brotherly or they're professional or, or whatever they are we have a deficiency of altruism where we uh, unselfishly devote ourselves to somebody else's welfare and i think at least from my perspective the first um prerequisite for uh considering love is that one, you consider the other person more than you consider yourself, and that's a tall order for a lot of people. Because in order for me to consider you, most often I have to consider what's my benefit in it.
2: Yeah, but you know, I think it's it's a two way street, right? And so, um, you know, someone's partner should also be considering you, uh, but before them, and and that's where I think you know, there's a lot of times that there's a disconnect. Whereby um, you know people always say you know compromise and, you know all this, but I, I think that it, you know if if you put um, the needs of your partner ahead of your own, it actually becomes the needs of of, of both parties. Um, and so you know I think that uh, you know it, it might not work if it, if it's a continual kind of one way relationship, but um, you know, as long as there's reciprocation in that way, uh, I think, you know, you, in the grand scheme of things that it it works out.
1: Well, see, that's where I think it's the flaw, is that I think people are expecting at every point of the relationship that there's a reciprocation happening. But let's be real, the reality is the beginning of the relationship, it's going to take someone making the choice to say, I am not going to be selfish anymore and I'm going to look after your needs. I'm going to choose to love you. So one has to make that initial choice. And so what even brings about you making that choice? And that's why, again, the title is about what love has to do with it. Because one, the question is, was love? But if we are saying love is those things that you articulate in the Bible, those are all choices that we have to make to, 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 to do with anyone, whether that we're reciprocating that or not. And so in that in that context, again, I think when we're talking about marriage, one, I mean, is it about, again, that person reciprocating to you, for you, in order to have this love or this marriage? But two, I feel like we're ignoring, particularly when we talk about marriage, I know this can be a topic for another day, but we're ignoring the politics of marriage. I mean, again, when you're looking again, back in the Bible, arranged marriages will happen in a day where, even by God, God said, told Homer, I want to believe, You go marry this person. And even after Hagar did all the stuff that she did to Homer in terms of cheating and all that kind of stuff and all the stuff that. Homer did to her. I'm not going to say Homer was this completely,
0: because that's not you're the reality. Because you're never let the man get out scot-free. Right? Well,
1: that's not reality. <laughs> you you got two imperfect people coming together. Um, but again, there's supposed to be this overall trust that hey, God put this together. I have to trust that this person is who I'm supposed to be with, and then choose to love that person, whether that is reciprocated or not. And I think, to some degree, you know, my aunt used to say this a lot. Uh, people feel as if once women in particular were more empowered or more, I guess, demanding, and I hate these word, demanding, but I guess more vocal about some of the needs that they would like in a spouse, the whole dynamics of marriage changed. And, Mm -hmm. And so again, your thoughts on that, because I know, again, you guys seem to be talking as if this idealistic view that, oh, as long as everyone loves each other, I mean that's what has changed but let's be clear that love thing has never been the reality of the world. I mean there's always one person that is a little bit more selfless than the other and it's always again you're going you're not always going to feel as if how you define love or how you want love to be received is what the person is giving to you and that doesn't mean that person isn't loving you you're just not receiving it in the manner that you feel like meets your needs. So again, in all this context, I think we're we're still not talking about why again, people view either love or marriage different over time
0: well i I think you 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 hit the nail on the head because most of us want to fall in love, and fall is not i mean love isn't something that you fall into you yeah. you said it it's a choice that you make. It's a choice to, that you make. That but says, it's a
1: choice you make even when that person is not reciprocating. I mean, again, exactly. someone is making the choice without that reciprocation because you got two people going into it cautiously with their guards up saying, hey, what does this person offer for me and vice versa? Yeah, every,
2: everyone might not need that reciprocation, though. And so, you know, I think that, that that's why I don't necessarily like love the question like, you know, what's what's the definition of love? It's because everyone expresses love differently and everyone receives it love differently and what matters for for one person um you know might not matter matter for the next one and so it, it's a choice you know i i i, I do believe that, that it's a choice and i think that it's uh that it's progress you know over um over time but um you know, for what works for me won't work for the next person i'll tell you that so and that and uh i just just I think the answer to everything is just find yourself a selfless person. Right. So, well, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that.
1: <laughs> that may be why it's changed over time, too.
0: <laughs> good luck with that. Well, so the the issue then becomes so what you've been talking about, or at least alluded to was this whole issue about different love languages and that. You no, know, I know there's a book out there talking about the five different love languages and I don't wanna I don't wanna constrain the conversation to that, but the point is is that people communicate and receive love in different in different methods in different ways. And so I may think that I'm conveying to you uh, the fact that I love you, but if you don't receive love in the way that I'm giving it, no matter how much I try to convey it to you or communicate my love to you, you're not going to receive it. And then, frankly, when you respond back to me, they're like, I don't believe it. I don't feel it. I don't feel the love. Then, do I have the right then to get upset? Why don't you feel the love? I keep telling you, I keep showing you this X, Y, or Z that I'm trying to love you. And then you turn around and you say, Well, I don't receive that as love. And, um, but we get angered about it, and and the scripture there says love is not easily angered. So we get angry because you know you're not receiving and again, my it's love. it's a
1: selfish anger. It's a selfish anger. If you're angry because you do not get the love that you're feeling, you are owed, deserved, or whatever reason, that's a selfish reason. But I'm but again, I'm not disputing that. I'm still saying that's typically what is looked at at the beginning of any relationship. So, if you're saying, "Oh, love is required for the relationship, but at the same time, we're not again making it clear that okay, well, at some point though, you're gonna have to choose to love this person regardless of whether you feel like you're receiving whatever love that you um are deserved or owed, then that's why I'm saying,, mm, then is the love important or is it really more so about okay?" What is it that I'm wanting to have from a spouse? What is it that I'm seeking from this companion? And is that person giving me what are those specific things that I so require? Because again, to your point, if they're giving you love, whether you see that or not, you can't deny that they're giving you what they qualify or quantify as love. But that's not what you're asking. You're asking for something a little bit more specific without either articulating it or putting that expectation on that other person.
0: So it, so it's safe to say that every relationship starts off selfishly.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think that is self- safe to say, but then say it. You know, okay. Let's not- than- <laughs> yeah.
0: So what happens-
1: Because when we're there then requires, okay, well then what is your selfish desires? Because that to me then is what we're saying is the requirements. Each individual selfish desires are being met. Mm-hmm.
0: And so can we watch then the evolution of a relationship? Because obviously, if I if I go and I approach you, and and initiate a relationship or try to initiate some type of relationship, it's because I have an attraction towards you. It's all still at that moment about me. I don't know anything about your desires. I don't know anything about your passions. All I know is that you got all the stuff in the right places that I like to see. And so, <laughs> basically, I'm going...
1: you're pretty behind the eyes. We know how y'all look like. We don't want it. <laughs>
0: And your hair <laughs> is <light>. late. <laughs>
1: right. Right. Jacob, wasn't it Jacob or Joseph? Who was it in the Bible that picked Rachel because Jacob. she was prettier than Leah? <laughs> yeah.
0: And then got stuck with Leah. <laughs> right. And, and
1: granted, Leah was probably the better choice. You know? <laughs> Look at you. Hey, but we'll be topic for another day. <laughs>
0: But but it all starts out selfishly. Like, what can I get from this? What am I looking for from this relationship, from this interaction? Am I just looking to, you know, like, man, I just want to touch her body. I just want to get to know. I just want to be able to access his bank account because he looked like he has some. She looks like she gives really good conversation. And, you know, what are you looking for in the beginning? And then over time, as you get to know that person, hopefully that evolves where you say, well, it's not so much about what I'm looking for is now I want to see how I can please this other person. And sometimes the way that I please that other person, or I think that I might please that other person who I just don't know. I may not know. Obviously, I don't know him well, because we've only been dating for uh, 2 weeks, 4 weeks, or 3 months, 4 months, or 4 years. You know, you still I mean after being married for 30 years, I'm still trying to decide, you know, trying to discover. How do I please my wife? What are the things that she really wants? And so you really don't necessarily know exactly what that person wants, particularly early on in the relationship. And and you might be thinking that you're giving it to them and that person is saying, yo, you're not really giving it to me. So it does require uh, some honest feedback, but the point is, is that eventually you start saying, it's not so much about what I want, it's now what I can do to please you. And is that the transition? Is that the beginning of love? You think? I think I, I think you're on the right path there.
2: Um, you know, I also think you know. Let's you know this conversation is is uh, assuming that um, that there was no prior platonic relationship or friendship uh, with your partner a- ahead of time, and and getting to, get to know your part uh, your friend um, and knowing what uh, you know, what qualities that, that you want, and if, if they meet those kind of qualities, but you know, I, I certainly think, you know, I can, I could speak for, you know, personal, you know, my own personal experience, you know, my, my wife grew up in a very affectionate household, very, very much so. Um, she has a Mexican mom, and they, they, they love on each other very physically, and, uh, and, and outwardly. And, um, and that that wasn't something I was necessarily comfortable with initially, and so um, Mark so,
1: wasn't loving physically and outwardly. Dang,
2: Mark! <laughs> I, 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 I
0: didn't say said. That. <laughs>
2: I said I wasn't comfortable with it. I, I didn't it, say I did. It I, is what it is. You
0: better learn to receive the love the way that I give it. <laughs>
2: right, right. So, uh, so you know, T- Sonny, you made you made a comment earlier that um, you know my my wife could have been like, okay, like you're you're not loving me the way that I'm, I'm used to being loved. Um, and, you know, to, to, you know, to your point earlier, that may have been construed as a, a selfish way because I was loving the way I knew how to, from my perspective, it's selfish of me to not to not understand, be introspective enough and and know my partner well enough to understand, okay, this is the way that my partner feels um and and accepts love what how can i grow over time i've been it's been eight years up to this point that we've been together how can i grow over time to show more outward words of affirmation and and love and and affection as opposed to you
0: know gift giving or things like that so um so that's part of that's part of the progression so two things i think are very germane to that to that discussion there and to that discovery one is that she has to communicate to you what she perceives as and receives as love. And it's, well, three things. The second one is that you have to be willing to hear that without being upset or feeling attacked and say, what do you mean? My love ain't good enough. The way that I love is not good enough to meet your standards. Or does that mean that you're calling me a liar because I tell you, I love you. And you're saying you ain't you're not feeling it. And then the third thing is, is that you have to be willing to move beyond whatever hurt or a disappointment her honesty has caused for you and move beyond that and say, okay, let me learn how to love you and commit to loving you the way that you receive as love, correct?
2: Yeah, you know, I think, I think there's, there's some, some truth in that. Um, But, you know, I also think that the onus is on the individual to understand how their partner wants and receives love. It doesn't necessarily need, I don't need to necessarily like tell my partner how I want love. I feel like from my perspective, I feel like it's up to me to understand my partner well enough to know, um, you know, given, given their upbringing, given their environment, um, the, you know, their wants and desires to, to understand um, how, how I can best meet those those needs
0: and how do you learn those Do so you just learn those simply by just being around them and making assumptions? observation, observation. Yeah. it's it, it's it's understanding how they are around around their family
2: what their past is like um you know every people people's body language gives off so you know even if they like can say one thing and and their body language means means a completely different thing and then through conversation as well you
0: know so um you know it's multifaceted yeah i'm not a big i'm not a big let me just say this i'm not a big person (laughs) about observation and here's the reason why it's because that's a
1: big flaw of yours (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, here's the reason why. Because when you, when you observe things, people observe things from different lenses. You always observe things through the lens of your experience. We can look at the same thing that's going on with Mar-a-Lago. And if you're Republican and a Trump supporter, you have one perspective. You're looking at the same information that a Democrat is looking at and drawing a totally different conclusion. But the point
1: is you still need to look at the information. And that's why I look still say, say observation is still important. It's important. You still, need to, you still need to know what it's out one piece, there. but I don't but draw I conclusions wanna... based
0: off of that. You but have even to have that, that I would draw a conclusion piece. if
1: I'm observing. Um, and I hate to bring it back to Donald Trump because I do want to get back to this topic. But if I'm observing someone who is um, oppressing people in their housing, who is ensuring that the Central Park Five were guilty, who is still oppressing um, Muslims and, and brown and black people with immigration and policies and whatever, I can make conclusions off that. <laughs> and so, and I encourage people who are voting in the midterms, which hopefully is everyone.
0: But don't you want to wanna know why he's doing all of that? There
1: are, uh, I don't, so some, some things I don't even care. <laughs> some, some things that doesn't you wanna matter. Don't you want to know what it but means I, to, to him that, to oppress to people? that's important in dating too. I mean, to, this, to some degree, if someone is doing um, a certain thing that's against your value or whatever, having the knowledge of why they're doing it really isn't relevant. We're talking about a personal relationship. I did just want to, because you had mentioned that her wife is Mexican. I did want to make sure it's, it's clear because I do think when you're talking about culture, there are cultural differences that happen in relationships. I don't think affection is a difference between black and Mexican um, Relationships. I do think there are a lot of Black families who are extremely affectionate. And there are just a lot of families in general who are extremely affectionate, but just people, whether it's um, certain parents that they have or, or, again, history made to have have lived in a a different situation. But I don't want it projected that Black families aren't affectionate because that's, at least from my experience as a Black person, that's not true, even though Mark and I are in the same family. at least one half of the family. (laughs) Um, But I did want to, again, get back to that because even getting to that point where you're saying, hey, how is it that I, that you need to feel love or whatever, it's still that choice to then say, I want to commit to loving this person and whatnot. And I'm still saying, okay, well, still, before you get to that choice to then love, you have assessed, observed whatever words you want to use. You have determined that this person is meeting my selfish needs. So then I want to now make the choice to then, you know, give them what it, what I feel like they need. And I'm just saying that to say, I think oftentimes, again, when we're looking at history, First of all, women didn't have a lot of choices as to who they were dating. But then there were also a lot of arranged marriages happening. And and again, I'm not saying arranged marriages is, is bad because I do think again, if you have two parents who are or two sets of parents looking out for the best needs of their children, then all this stuff that we're talking about as we see in age is discussions that then you know the parents are having and 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 I'd imagine the parents would observe into that potential mate. But I am saying what I think often has changed over time is again we are exposed to more, we have more desires, we have more choices. And so what perhaps was deal breakers, now were not deal breakers then. And so they got to that choice to commit sooner than we're getting to it now.
0: Yeah, yeah I think it's certainly, you're right, it's a choice to commit. And the question is, is when you commit, what are you committing? Um, let me ask this question. So there are people and... <laughs> I ran to this one lady um, in, D- in Vegas once. And uh, we were at the crap table at the, at the blackjack table together, or whatever, and just started talking. And she was like, Well, yeah, I'm here with my boyfriend. But she said she was before she had told me that she was married. But she was in Las Vegas with her boyfriend. And I'm like, Does your husband know that you're here with your boyfriend? And she's like, Yeah. I was like, Wow, that is <laughs> interesting uh and so it it made me realize this was a young young lady probably in her 20s made me realize that there's a generational gap about what people deem as acceptable uh in my in my definition you can't tell me you love me and you still want to go around and sleep with other people and you're still going out with other people (laughs) it, it in might your
1: generation cheated is no new concept it's, okay it's, it's, <laughs> but, but some women people have been dealing cheating. with adultery for years but and, they don't, and <laughs> but,
0: but i'm not getting at the cheating aspect of it i'm just saying even if it's acceptable even if you have in in situations where there's an open marriage it's hard for me or open relationship it's hard for me to imagine somebody saying hey I love you, but I'm going to go sleep with this person over here. I'm going out of town with this person and, and we go have a good time in Vegas with this with my boyfriend. So see when I get back. Um, but, you know, there are some people who process that stuff and will think like, oh, there's nothing wrong with that at, at all. And then they're like, I love you. See you. Does is that seem uh, Anybody else know anybody like that? Is that is that reasonable? Well, I guess my question is are you you
1: asking say are you asking, is that generally acceptable? Or are you asking, is this a new concept? Because again, I mean, cheating is nothing new that's been happening for generations. I just think again, like now that we've got more choices or we see things differently, people have changed how they respond to the cheating. But I don't think cheating is any new concept.
0: Do you consider that cheating? Is that cheating if you have an open relationship? I'm using just the example that, of the lady that I saw in, um, in Vegas. She has an open relationship. So I guess the question, maybe I should ask this question. If you're involved in a relationship and you're evolving in that relationship you initially you start off you're dating multiple people you may be dating multiple people but at some point you decide that you want to commit because that's what we said love is then that commitment so as you progress toward love then you then expect do you expect a higher commitment as you progress toward love and does that expectation of commitment involve anything to do with fidelity or ex uh, monogamism or exclusivity or do you continue on and say hey i'm really loving you and you know you do like they do on the bachelor or the bachelorette <laughs> i really love you and i love three Everyone other people around, here too huh? <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's that whole mentality that i think is evolving right now where People find it acceptable to say, "Hey, I love you." Now I'm gonna go date this other person over here, and I'm gonna spend the night in the privacy suite or the uh, what do they call it? The I don't know what they call it in, on the fantasy suite. Fantasy suite. I'm gonna go to spend the night in the fantasy suite with the next person, and probably gonna tell him I love him too. <laughs> you know, is that?
1: And it may be true. You may choose to commit to two people so <laughs> wow. i mean hey but but i want i want the market. but that's I mean, an that's an evolution I, though
0: you know, and that's an evolution when you say of an
1: evolution uh, when again historically looking at the Bible when people had multiple wives this is no new concept right now <laughs> like, but again, yeah. again i just think how we are viewing it and how we are accepting it has changed that to me is the evolution It's, it's our reaction to it not necessarily the event itself yeah, yeah I, go ahead. I, I,
2: think, I, I think you're exactly right, Sonia. You know, I think that, you know, the, the big difference is, is that I think, you know, the the way that um, at least here in the U.S., um, you know, a big difference between maybe my generation and even generations uh, early, uh younger people than, than me are people just like let people do whatever they want to do without uh, any uh, uh, preconceived, like, ideas or you know if if they want to live the way they know that lifestyle that they want to live it let let them do it you know that what works for me doesn't may not work for somebody else and if they choose to have an open relationship if they choose to commit to multiple people you know so be it can you still call that love if i mean if if, if it's their definition of love yeah i I'm, i'm not the arbiter of of love
1: I mean, I say you could still call it love. You may not call it marriage if you're on this one man, one woman, (laughs) you know, definition. Um, But I do think you still, I think you can love multiple people because we as Christians are asked to love multiple people. But I guess we are defining different kinds of love. Um, Demarcus, are you frozen? I didn't know if that's the face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think his video's frozen, it, it chose the wrong look
1: <laughs> like what do you mean i can love everyone but again i just think the reaction is different but i also i mean i know we're putting some on adultery but i'd imagine again there's also this important concept of forgiveness is which i think is is what's changed a lot um i think historically people probably forgave more than we forgive now because I think now one, again, I don't think people view divorce the same as they did historically. I think now it's not perceived as this big evil. But, you know, it, it it's actually seen <laughs> as, as a natural progression. You know? I know for some people, it's a natural progression. Hey, if you you're don't like, hey, like you been you married for divorce. almost 30 years. It's about time.
0: You're, like, you're past due, aren't you?
1: You know, I mean, I'll watch Married at First Sight. Again, one of my faves. But I'm like, I couldn't do it. Because again, everyone goes into it with, I have the option to leave in eight weeks. Um, And so, I mean, I think that's an, an, another difference is that we see divorce as hey it's available to us it's no it's not like this big evil it's not even considered a failure it's just this marriage is no longer working towards my benefit and i based on the cultural of america am able to get a divorce (laughs) without without receiving a scarlet letter right (laughs) demarcus are you frozen again
0: (laughs) uh, he is frozen again (laughs) But it makes it makes it to, at least in my estimation, it makes me really kind of grateful that I'm still not out in that in that dating game right now because it seems so much more complicated these days. Because people are like, listen, it's just the way that it is today. And you know, if I choose to love two other people and 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 one of them happens to be of the same gender, you either deal with it or you move on.
1: <laughs> well, you can move on.
0: But, well, but even think.
1: that, because one thing I did want to say, though, is it's still important that every person is articulating their expectations. I mean, even because I think one of your um or examples was, OK, well, does the lover commitment get enhanced? Because now you guys have decided, hey, I'm going to commit to be patient and kind and all that kind of stuff that you rattle out about love. Um, but to me, you still got to articulate your expectations. If your expectation is this person is only going to commit to you. And not anyone else in the world, and you're not articulating that, then I I think it's presumptuous of you to, again, presume that someone else's um, value or definition of love is the same as yours.
0: I think I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that it's becoming so common that people will soon even look at you strangely if you articulated an expectation for monogamy. I, I well, as someone's
1: still dating. No, I do not get strange. Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not,
0: you're not, you're not young enough right now. Oh, I'm not dating
1: Demarcus age. <laughs> you're not,
0: you're not young enough. Here's Maybe you I'm are. not young enough because I don't know. That's that, that's pretty far fetched. Here's the here's. A, I had a conversation with a person who's bisexual, young person bisexual, and I said, "There's no or identifies as bisexual." I said, "There's no way that you can be in a relationship and continue to identify as bisexual." You can't be in a monogamous relationship and continue to identify as bisexual because if you're a man and you're in a relationship with another man, then at that moment you're homosexual. If you continue to say I'm bisexual, even though I'm in this monogamous relationship with a man, all you're doing is reiterating to your partner that you really desire something that he can't give you. And same situation if you're in a heterosexual relationship with a woman, and but you still assert to that person that uh, I'm bisexual, you're saying to that woman, what you want, what I want, you can't provide for me. And I'm still going to be looking. So if, and, 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 and when I said that to the person, they looked at me like I was crazy. What are you talking about? Of course you can't be. And I'm like, no, you can't be. You can't be. Not <laughs> if you expect to have a monogamous relationship, because you're telling that person that I still want something that you'll never be able to give me.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm, I can agree, disagree on that one a little bit. I mean, one, I would not recommend you telling someone you're bisexual, because I do think that will be what is perceived. But now if that person knows that you have dated both sexes, but that person has then said, hey, I want to commit to you. I don't know if I'd say, oh, you're not capable of just committing to me, because that to me is an argument you can make to a heterosexual male oh, you're not capable of committing to just one female. You got to have five or six, you know? <laughs> you know, because I mean, again, I don't want to just presume that your sexual orientation is going to dictate our marriage either. Now, again, if you're telling me you're, you're gay, then I should know you and I don't need to be making a committed relationship, right? <laughs> I'm not the person that, you know, that is a whole nother conversation. But if we're already in a relationship and you are expressing a commitment to me, and I know that in the past, whether it was before me or while we were dating, that you were with someone of the same gender. Now, again, I don't, it may not be for me, but I'm not going to tell that person, hey, you cannot commit to being with one person.
2: Yeah, so, Sonia agreed to disagree. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and disagree. So yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, just to put it in very simple terms, you know, I can equate that to saying like, oh, I like to eat cake, but also like to eat pie. Um, that doesn't mean that like, if I'm eating cake right now, pie doesn't also satisfy me um, or, or, or only cake satisfies me. Um And so I think there are, I don't know, uh
0: am I frozen again? No, you're, no, you're good. That was just my look like, what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. But, uh, no, Mark is used to that look though. I mean,
2: so <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah no I I don't I don't think so cuz I mean you can you can make that same argument and you know why do why do people why do heterosexuals cheat with the with the opposite sex you know it's like saying uh you know my wife doesn't satisfy me so I'm going to find someone
0: else to satisfy so, me so here's the difference the difference is is that when you commit to cake and you say that I'm going to be monogamously committed to cake then if you continue to tell cake but I really, in the back of my mind, want pie. Then cake is never going to feel sufficient. Yeah, but that's the same me. with with heterosexuality as well. Exactly. So right. when I don't commit... continue to so... tell me
2: that you're straight either. Anyway.
0: Well, here's the here's the point <laughs> is that when I commit to a heterosexual relationship, monogamous relationship, or to a heterosexual relation marriage, I'm not going to tell my wife that hey, I'm still attracted to other women though, you know, and you know, I'm. You know, if I say that, if I let's say, if I married a but white woman, that's what woman.
1: we're saying. Like we hope that that no matter what, we hope that you're not going to continue to express your sexual desires to your partner. Not, exactly. I mean, again, again, the that's desires the being uh, of someone else. someone else, regardless of that's, what it we're, is. we're saying. Regardless yeah, that's of your orientation, we're saying they are straight. Do not continue to tell your partner exactly. about that type of appetite.
0: So if you are in a relationship with one person and you continue to tell that person and you continue to assert that you are bisexual, meaning that they still need to accept me as a bisexual person, then you are essentially telling them that I still have desires for someone other than you.
1: I'm not saying you're essentially telling them that, but I'm saying regardless of your say, and I, and you know, I do this all the time. so of course, I let Demarcus, but I just do not like, Pretty much pointing or pigeon-twilling or singling out a group of people based on the sexual orientation. Because to me, again, you're heterosexual. Don't continue to tell me, oh, you know, I'm a heterosexual. So I'm I'm just saying, no one. You're not going to do it. (laughs) But so I'm just like to everyone: do not continue to articulate that sentiment. I don't care if you're gay or straight. If you do that, you're going to put insecurity in your spouse.
0: Or how you, so then it does matter also how you articulate. Don't articulate that in any way, shape, or form
1: if you've admitted, if you have committed to be committed to this one person, yes, right. I would say, no matter what, do not continue to articulate things that you know this spouse cannot
0: give you will not give you all that kind of stuff and that means that if I'm a heterosexual male and I'm married in my relationship with my wife, I see some woman walk by with. With, with body parts that I enjoy or that I find attractive, I'm not going to do all of this and everything because that is one way that I'm articulating to my partner that there's something else out there that I want.
1: But I would also encourage your partner, if you see him doing that, don't immediately jump to, oh, he wants to go have sex with that person. I, I you know, <laughs>
0: no, you know. can see that question. I mean,
1: you that. know, yeah. So, but go ahead, Mark. I want you to respond as well.
2: Uh, yeah I mean I'm, I'm glad we're looking at this with the lens of, of monogamous uh, relationships because I think that um, you know it's, it's not a one-size fit all approach I think that if uh, in in those examples of, of open relationships or, or polyamorous relationships you know there there is room for, uh, uh, for for some maneuverability between you know how do they define love how do they define commitment is not necessarily how, how we might, as heterosexual, monogamous people on this call here, how, how we might define it. And I don't think that's
0: necessarily wrong or right. So well, I think that's good. That sounds like a good way to conclude this. <laughs> <laughs> because we what happens is, I mean, how you define love, how you define love is between the people who are in and engaged in that. And the only way that you can really get to establish Uh, what really means love and as articulated or demonstrated, received as love is through observation and communication. And sometimes that communication is not the easiest thing to do to tell somebody, you're not loving me the way that I want to be loved.
1: (laughs) Well, hopefully you don't say it that way. (laughs) 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 That's that's very much defensive mode. You know, you don't want to, and I I wanted to say this when you put it, but, but I do think, and we talked about this with the pronouns, if you come to your spouse with you're doing something wrong, then you're immediately going to put that person in defensive right. situation. And granted, I'm not married. So I'm not seeing, you know, follow my advice, but I do think if you come with the, you know, Hey, I have an issue, you know, I'm kind of missing out on this and this and this, how can we, you know, better resolve this? I think that might be a different way of saying, Hey, we have a problem and I want us to come together as to how to fix it because, you might have to lower your expectations. This may be something that this person may be like, okay, I can't, I cannot give that to you. Right. So then what? You know, right. patient, kind. <laughs> we still is that, <laughs> is that still in the play or now you don't no longer love me? You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I can't read <laughs> that if right? <laughs> you don't know. right? love. But it, it, yeah, I agree with you. You have to probably say, well, I'm not discrediting or denigrating your expression of love what I'm saying is that I have to learn how to understand what your expressions of love mean and if it doesn't jive with my expression of love I need to be able to communicate with you and say hey this is not the way that I see love and this is the way that I receive love and if you can accommodate me great if you can't then we have to figure something out
1: Not by the way, I'm bisexual, right? We're not gonna say anything. we're not gonna
0: say that. Right? I just my personal my personal advice, unless you if you're if you're in a polyamorous relationship, by all means go ahead and disclose it as much as you want to and continue to assert your bisexualism. But if you're in a mono monogamous relationship, it's not a wise thing to keep asserting that you are bisexual because you're basically telling them I want something else that you are in a unable and won't give to me.
1: Or it's, not, it's also not a good, a good idea to say I'm just an overly sexual person in general. I think you're still sending the message that you're not satisfying me <laughs> in, in a yeah. form that I'm missing. like that.
0: I don't... <laughs> well, that I better right say there? you say That's that and do
1: those looks, yes. <laughs> that, that is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: DeMarcus, so you shook your DeMarcus. head at something, though, but he shook oh, his ahead. head vigorously at something. Yeah, no,
2: I, 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 can't, I can't agree with that sentiment. But, you know, I, I think... Pe- people's in- relationships are individualized. And so, if, if if one person's bisexual, it might not bother their partner one way or another if they assert it.
0: So, this is why we needed to have somebody who has a totally different perspective. And this is one of the perspectives of the younger people today. And i just like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it makes perfect sense to well, you. Well, no, you
1: agree with him that he needs to say it from the beginning. Just don't say it in your while you're in the middle of your relationship. Don't but no, jump that, all of a sudden I, and say, hey, I'm bisexual.
0: I'm understanding that Demarcus is saying that if you start the relationship and it's clear that you're bisexual and you've admitted that you're bisexual, you grow into this now monogamous relationship with this person. It's okay still to assert that you, to your partner, it's okay still to assert to your partner that I'm still bisexual. Yeah, because, I mean, how how is that any different than asserting that I'm still heterosexual? If I'm in a relationship with a bisexual woman and then later on I say, are you still attracted to women? And and she tells me, yes, then I'm going to have a problem. And I'll probably have the same that's, problem. That's
1: You shouldn't have continued that relationship. Then. That's your fault.
0: <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm going to have the same problem if I'm in a, in a heterosexual relationship with a woman. And then I ask her, are you still attracted to other men? I'm still going to have that same problem because, you know, you're, you're still attracted to somebody else and you want somebody else other than me. When we're in a monogamous relationship, I want to be the person who you're attracted to. I don't want you looking at other people wantingly. I don't want you thinking about other people wanting.
1: If if your wife says, yeah, that guy is attractive.
0: (laughs) That's that's a (laughs) different story. And you
1: take it to see, oh, she's no longer attracted to me and she wants everyone else. I don't think that's fair. Being
0: attractive is different than being attracted to. We can look at somebody and and say that. I'm attracted
1: to this person, but I'm not going to act on that attraction. I think that's what we're saying. Don't act on it. But I'm not going to, to me, it's unrealistic to presume that no guy is going to ever find any other girl attractive or is not going to be attracted I don't. to anyone else. I don't, <laughs>
0: I, I'm not. My well, wife is maybe, still. You're
1: not being honest.
0: <laughs> <but he does>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, we we just ask, and I think even again as Christians, we know that we still have an attraction or affinity to sin. But God is saying, "Hey, you act on that is that's when you're wrong." That's yeah. why I mean to get you know you, you when you look at sexual preferences and all that. I'm never gonna say just because you have a sexual preference to someone else that means you're living a lifestyle of sin or doing whatever. It's the action that we still look at. Are you acting off something that you? Believe is wrong,
0: but Jesus said that if you look at a woman and lust, then you've already committed sin. the,
1: the lust, again like But you you, you, you make it seem like looking at her is wrong. Now
0: but not it's, the her her. it's the lust. Lust thing is
1: wrong. The, it's the lust, and but that to me is regardless of sexual orientation. It's just the lust. But I now. Agree. If you are saying, okay, if you point to a guy and ask your wife, hey, are you attracted to that guy? And she says, yes, you're going to instantly mean that she's no longer committed to a monogamous relationship. I just think that's a big jump.
0: I don't uh, see. So when you say attracted to, that, that implies to me at least some level of affection for. You have an affection for someone you're attracted to as opposed to something that you find attractive. I find I see a lot of women that are. Tra- I see some men that are attractive. It doesn't mean that I'm attracted to them. I'm saying that's a good looking man. It's not somebody I'm be like, ooh, well, ooh, I'm attracted to him. But man.
1: if you are pointing at a stranger, why would you then even ask her, "Are you attracted to that person?" Unless I wouldn't, you're trying I wouldn't to set do him it. Up. But
0: the point, right. I, that's, so that, that, was a <laughs> that was a hypothetical but that's situation. It was not
1: hypothetical. It was okay, no. Word, it <laughs> was
0: the point was to make the distinction. To, to uh from between recognizing something as attractive and being attracted to something now if you are still saying that i'm still attracted to multiple women even though i'm in this monogamous relationship that's a problem as opposed to me saying i still find multiple women attractive that's different but and I'm so if i'm
1: saying if if that person never comes to you and says hey i'm still attracted to multiple women then I think we're all saying good, but and, and but if that person does come to you and say, "Hey, I'm still attracted to multiple women," I think we're all saying, "Hey, why are you telling me this?" Unless it's for this some other purpose purpose of achieving that, and so that's what I'm saying. To me, if you're straight and you come to me and say, yeah, you know, I'm still straight. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I'm I mean? still straight, but I'm still attracted to other women.
0: But I'm still and, attracted and to other that, women. All that. So, yeah. All that. I'm
1: going to be like, why are you telling me this? But that to me is what I'm talking about. Some it's like believe even in that
0: if... level of honesty and openness in their relationships.
1: And again, my question is, why are you telling me this?
0: Because I need you to... To work right. To accept
1: it. that. Right. To accept <laughs> that. I still want to go out and mess with other women. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's what it boils down to. And, and I said, and that's regardless of orientation. But that's why so, we
1: all agree. Don't say it. If you're, all, I think we, we don't all agree, agree do that. Not,
0: we don't. Demarcus, well, DeMarcus, DeMarcus doesn't
1: agree
2: are, with that. You're my generation. You're my generation. You made a. You, I I understand what you're saying. You know, that your distinction between being attracted to and finding someone attractive. I guess is it you know there's a deeper deeper meaning I guess but I, I still don't I don't think we need to single single out you know, bisexual versus heterosexual versus homosexual I think mean, it's the same across you know the spectrum. Well, so, the, the yes, it's the response not, is the same.
1: The response, is, keep, same. Go, the response is the same. Don't keep reminding me your sexual orientation. Yeah. <laughs> the only
0: the only difference is the only difference is, is that if you because if you're it's bisexual and it's making that assertion is a lot different than being homosexual and making that assertion, and heterosexual making that assertion. What's unique about bisexualism and uh, bisexuality that's different from homosexuality and heterosexuality is that you can affirm your heterosexual, regardless of what reason why you're doing it. You can affirm- <laughs> no, 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 no. But that's no, what I'm saying. No, s- you can't. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Regardless of what reason you're doing it, you can affirm your heterosexuality with your monogamous partner. You can uh affirm your homosexuality with your monogamous homosexual partner. But if you are in a monogamous uh bisexual relationship, you cannot affirm that. I would just say
1: to me, the only thing you should be confirming in your marriage or in your exclusive relationship is, hey, I am still attracted to you, period. That's the only thing you need to be affirming.
0: We agree. But to me,
1: a bisexual person can say the same thing. Hey, I am still attracted to just you.
0: Right. And so they shouldn't be saying, but I'm still bisexual. Because if you still say I'm Ignore still you, bisexual, you still be
1: saying I'm still heterosexual. Don't I, I say agree. that either. I, Don't agree. Still be- <laughs> I agree.
0: I agree. But what yeah. I'm saying is that you can you 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 remove all doubt when you say I'm still bisexual. Then
1: if you bring in, hey, I'm still having a certain sexual preference, you bring in the doubt of monogamy.
0: That's my point. My point. And so, if you assert more, you bring it more so into it if you assert bisexualism <laughs> in a monogamous relationship. <laughs>
1: well, I know we went over Thank you guys so much. If you have stayed t- in tune to us, we appreciate it. I know that Marcus said some crazy things. So, hopefully, you took in a couple of laughs. But nonetheless, we thank you so much for your constant commitment and support of this show. You can catch us on every Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. You can also catch us on your favorite podcast platform, as well as right here on Facebook. So we'll see you next Saturday. Thanks so much.
0: This has been another episode of the Roundtable Consult. Listen to this or other episodes at your convenience on your favorite podcast directory or listening app. Or catch us live every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern at facebook.com forward slash roundtable consult. Tune in live and join the conversation.